0: what's up y'all i'm hitting you (laughs) what's up everybody we are back with another episode we have a new installment of something that i'm not sure what we're going to do ah so right off the bat this is falcon winter i know that's not as um i don't know as involved as the wandavision uh show was but i'll i'll falcon winter works this is or we could name it uh winter falcon summer (laughs) fall i don't know anyways i am your host rain coleman here to hit you up with this first installment maybe only installment of the falcon and winter soldier review we're gonna see what's up with the show thoughts what we thought how we feel what's going on um yeah, so when you're listening to this episode, when you're watching me live, if you guys watching over there on YouTube, make sure to use that hashtag, and that is FWPod for Falcon Winter Podcast. <laughs> yes, Um. so Disney Plus has dropped their latest installment in their TV show lineup, and that is uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Now, if memory serves me correct, this was supposed to drop before... Wanda Vision did, which would have been like a nice little bridge directly from uh, the uh, MCU's Infinity War and all that uh, in game right into the TV series. We didn't get that, you know. COVID came and shook some stuff up, and I'll say honestly, I was a little apprehensive. I, I'm, you know, I talked all that mess about. Y'all need to. Understand, Marvel know what they're doing. Don't don't count WandaVision out, but I was like one of the main ones. I was kind of skeptical about Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm not even gonna say I'm still 100% on board, but I will say I figured they would do something well. They would, Whatever they did, they would do it well, and I was not disappointed in that regard. Um, as far as non-spoilers are concerned, uh, I thought the show was beautifully shot. I feel like if it had come out first, it would have been an amazing gap or bridge from the movies into the TV shows. Um, I still think we had a a, a good show with WandaVision, but with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, it felt cinematic. It felt like just another, and hmm, maybe that's not the right wording. It felt like another Marvel movie. It felt like it was scaled down. Knowing that we're getting six episodes, approximately six hours, give or take, This feels right. (laughs) Um, Now it's not without, I'm not without my critiques and my concerns with the show. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought Sebastian did what he needed to do. I thought Anthony did as well. Um, I know the Anthony memes that have been floating around like crazy have only added to the hype for this show. Uh, kudos to everybody, black Twitter, especially for hopping on a lot of this stuff. I'm really kind of more excited to see what memes are going to come out of this, uh, this show <laughs> or probably just as excited about the memes as I am about the actual show itself. And <laughs> so you guys let me know how you're feeling. Um, again, use the hashtag FW pod again for Falcon winter podcast. So more non-spoilers. Let's see. I really thoroughly enjoyed um, getting Anthony and getting Sebastian in spaces where we haven't had them before. I know that with Falcon being kind of supporting character in the MCU first couple phases to get more... The nitty-gritty, so to speak, when it comes to him. I was very excited for that. Um, same with Sebastian. And I'm one who I'll let you know, I'm I'm mutants all day. Marvel mutants, that's that's where I go. I'm at Xavier's all day. So a lot of the Avengers side of Marvel, I have to learn or I have learned uh, you know, within the last 13, 14 years or so. So I'm not even going to pretend to know about all of the different characters that may be popping up. All that speculation of Easter eggs and stuff we had with Wandavision, I'm not the guy for that. <laughs> so I'm gonna let you know right now. But um, very cinematic, uh, beautifully shot, beautifully acted. I think every single person who appeared on screen did what needed to be done. They, they, you know, they did what what needed to be done. And I wonder what this would feel like if I watched Endgame and then went right into this show. Uh, because I, I haven't watched it in about a year, well, not maybe, a year maybe a couple months. Either way, it's, it's been some time between my last viewing of Infinity War Endgame to this. Um, all in all, as far as the non is are concerned, I like the story. I like the backstory that we're getting from these characters. Um, I like the settings that were placed in. And this feels like another joke was, uh, or not even a joke, maybe like, Thoughts was that this is like some buddy comedy spy espionage film or whatever. And I'm, I still, you know, feel that way. But I do like that we are all over the world and we're in Tunisia. We're um, in New Orleans, you know, we're, (laughs) those ain't next door. Uh, So all of that being said, I really enjoyed what we got for this first episode. Um, Getting into spoilers and the actual discussion of the episode uh, <laughs> who is this Baron Zemo Baron Zemo? Let's see. <laughs> What's going on? Bear and Zemo? Okay. There we go. We see you hail the flag smashers. Yes, yes, yes. Let's get into that. So we open up very again, going back to the cinematography, beautiful, beautifully shot scene. You have Falcon flying high in the sky. He can fly high in the sky. <laughs> no. So we get him flying. We get uh, him going on a mission. He has to go get a, I believe, a captain back. And he's kidnapped. They're flying towards Tunisia. We have to get him before we enter that airspace because Americans, of course, are not uh, welcome in that space, especially the American military. And we get this very high-impact, high-energy, action-packed scene, which I think was a perfect way to open this episode. I mean, you flying in hot, you got Falcon. Okay, this is one thing I really did like about this um, this episode and this opening. If you remember Falcon back in Ant-Man, he pretty much was comic relief, got his butt whooped. That It was still fun, cute, in-character. We get him as the lead, the action star. I feel like watching this episode start to finish, even though it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier, for me, Falcon is the main character. Um, now that may switch throughout the next few episodes because we do have a lot more emphasis on Sam. I think he took up more of the screen time this episode, but it could switch, you know, later on. Um, I like seeing him. And positioning him as a hero, as a lead man, as a front man, and not as the sidekick or supporting character. Now, that's not knocking that role because you know there, everyone needs a Robin. You know, there's always a Batman, a Robin to a Batman. And I really think if you look at um, his appearances before and then you see him now, it's it's a one hundred and eighty. It's it's completely flipped, and so I enjoyed that. The I um, did one of my uh, last podcast episodes for the Carefree Black Nerd Proper. I went over the 101 History of Falcon, which is in the show notes. For those of you watching on YouTube and those of you listening in podcast land, check out the show notes there. One thing I didn't know is that Sam Wilson is uh, like a gymnast. He had So I know this MCU is not a beat for beat retelling of the comics, but um, with that in mind, I'm thinking all of these moves, these outlandish, using your wings to go in and out of helicopters, kicking ass, getting your ass beat, popping back up, like all of this, though it's fantasy and we know you can suspend belief. I just think the idea of knowing that the character was really agile and into this shit makes it that much more uh, exciting to watch. I think with this show, I'm not going to be hunting for Easter eggs like I was in WandaVision. Now, if they're given to me, if I find them, yeah, I'll talk about them. But I feel like Marvel was like, look, y'all can do all the hunting and searching that you want. We're just going to give you this and you're going to deal with it. But having gone over the one-on-one history of Sam Wilson, like there was a lot of things I can't deny. I was watching this episode like... Are we gonna get Snap Wilson? Are we gonna get a little bit of, you know, Preacher's Kid? Are we gonna get a little bit of aerobatics and whatnot? But it didn't disappoint. The opening was really good. Now, for me, this episode is titled New World Order. Some parts of the episode felt very heavy-handed and very, don't wanna say propaganda-ish, but it felt very much like. I don't have the words for it, but it, I would just say heavy-handed for, as all-encompassing. And we open up, we get that fight or whatever, we get Sam to get away, which he, I mean, again, if you haven't seen this, please go and just watch the opening. The opening with him going from helicopter to helicopter, whooping ass. Just, it was beautiful. Beautifully shot, beautifully executed. With, with the scenes, let's fast forward a bit where he is... um. He's giving this speech at the Smithsonian Smith oh, mm, Smithsonian <laughs> Museum where he is, he being Sam is giving up Cap's shield. And he has a nice little speech, you know, saying Cap was a great guy, did all this, blah blah, whatever. The crowd laughs. And it was, it was, you know, beautiful speech. One thing that kind of threw me, and maybe you guys might know, I'm not understanding. I get the whole I'm not not worthy. I'm not the right person for the shield. So Cap, thank you, but I'm going to give this up. If it seemed as if maybe he had added pressure to give up the shield. The way I interpreted the that scene and kind of the feeling overall in the Smithsonian and with the different like curators I imagine they are, um I was thinking like <sighs> Is it the fact that you don't want to be Captain America? Is that what's motivating you giving up the shield? Or is it added pressure like he's gone now, he was an American hero, we want this part of him? Because we've seen several uh, museum scenes with the history of Captain America. And him being idolized and immoralized and all that good stuff. We've seen that. So I was wondering, like, is it what is it? Is the pressure from the outside forces or is it you not wanting to be cap or is it a combination of all of that? I don't know. If you guys have any idea, please let me know. Again, FW Pod. Now, we have a scene with Don Cheadle. We have a scene with, with Rody. And it was a nice scene. I did enjoy seeing two black men in the MCU having a conversation that it wouldn't be really Beckdale Tessa, but it's like, can we have a conversation that's not centered around Cap? Uh, but I get the space we're in, but it's it's already kind of tiring for me. I don't really want to keep hearing Cap over and over and over again. He's like that ghostly third character, uh third lead on the show. But they did have a conversation, and he's like, Man, you know, you didn't take the shield, or whatever, the world needs a cap. But having these two on screen. In their suits, suited and booted in the museum, discussing this shield. That was that was good to see. And I'm interested to see how much more of that we're getting going forward. Cause there was an article that came out maybe I know I saw it maybe a week ago <laughs> that was talking about how Anthony Mackey's character, Sam, would have would be dealing with his blackness in this season. And I'm thinking like <laughs> I like the MCU, I really do. But what does that mean for this character? Because him, much like others, like Storm, I feel like, are constantly in a sea of whiteness. And it's never, it's never, I don't want to say never addressed. It's always the same lineup all the time. Like, it's 95% white and it's that one character. So when they say we're going to um, address his blackness or deal with his blackness, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be patient. And I'm going to hope that, you know, we're going to see. Now, there was an instance in the episode where we did deal with racing, economic status and whatnot. And I liked the way it was handled, especially seeing the way the snap was handled in WandaVision with Monica specifically. So Falcon does all his business stuff. He gets back home to Louisiana. So that's a, a change now. He is no longer a Harlem uh native he is from louisiana and i want to say i heard that uh and it's you know take it with a grain of salt i heard that anthony Mackey, uh being from louisiana which i should have looked it up sorry guys being from louisiana wanted to shoot in louisiana and like incorporate the stuff he already knew himself into this character regardless i do like the change um we had i believe luke cage spent time in louisiana as well in the netflix series and we know that Monica Rambeau is a Louisiana native as well. So I don't know if there'll be these connections there or if it's just some cute little piece of information that we are now aware of. But I do like this idea of um, of the New Orleans versus the Harlem, mainly because I feel like this isn't a new argument, but a lot of the, Mar- well really 99.9% of Marvel happens in new york or in spain (laughs) like everything all the heroes everything is in new york i mean you got west coast avengers yeah but like a lot of it happens in new york so i do like this idea that we're now somewhere else it opens up the world we get anthony's sister and his two nephews and i believe that is the lead actress from pariah the uh the indie film pariah I think so. You guys, let me know if you know, um, and I'll, I'll look it up probably after this episode. But I loved their relationship. At first, I was a little bit leery, like ah, uh, I don't, I don't know what they're doing, because in the back of my head, I still have this idea that oh, you're going to talk about blackness, and that's like a huge. Part of his arc and a part of his story here, but I did like it. I like the sibling rivalry of it all—not rivalry, others, the sibling relationship. I like uh, seeing this beautiful dark-skinned black woman with bra- look, with a black hairstyle. Um, a lot of the conversation and verbiage that was used in passing felt very familiar. Trying to get like you, uh, you know, what's up? Man? Like just the relaxed nature of this conversation is something that we haven't seen in the MCU when it comes to blackness i mean we can say luke cage but like outside of that what examples have we had so we find out that with the 5 year blip with anthony with uh, sam being gone for 5 years his sister has had to to do kind of double time taking care of their childhood home as well as their childhood business and forgive me uh it's a, it's a boat that they used to catch fish or crawfish. I, you know, that sounds very bad. I'll, that's lost on me. But either way, it's a family business, and Sam is like, I'm going to help you take care of this. And so, with me watching, I'm thinking, okay, so you must have some money in my head from watching that opening scene. You going to saving this uh, guy from the Tunisian terrorists, and you doing all this stuff. You all over the place why don't you have any money? And that comes up. She's like, I don't want to deal with this. You were gone for five years. I had to take care of XYZ. Dad died. It's all left on me. Take out another another mortgage. It was very much, this is the world we're living in. This five year, It it's making it so that everything matters. And I feel good as a comic fan, you get to a point where sometimes it's canon versus head canon, and it's like all these different stories, story are expanding years, different creative teams. But with the MCU, it really feels like everything matters so as long as you've seen at least um, Infinity War and Endgame, you're good. You're caught up. You don't need much else, but seeing the effects of Monica dealing with grief and losing her mother and then coming on. And of course with Wanda and the grief with vision and whatnot, but then coming, flipping on his head and coming to this new show where we're still dealing with the blip, the snap or whatever, but now it's not solely grief. Now it's the financial ramifications when, Sam and his sister goes to the bank to get a loan. The whole time he's talking, I'm thinking, like, he's an Avenger. He has some type of money. There's something set up. You know, Tony did something, whatever. Pepper Potts out there living on the high (laughs) horse, and he has to have some money. And they made it very real that, look, you've been going for five years. You have no history at all for five years. And so that I was a little frustrated, like, well, damn, you know, these people disappear, but they went a step further and were like, well, you know, how can I have employment history or financial history when I was gone for five years? And he, he mentioned something and forgive me. It, I'm I'm forgetting it, but it was like, don't we qualify for X, Y, Z? And the banker was like, well, those under the old rules, yeah. But under these new rules, with, with so many people coming back, that doesn't apply. And that was something that hit me really like hard in the gut. Cause it's like no matter how much you you follow the rules and you're doing what needs to be done, when you're getting kicked and you're down, you're getting kicked and you're down. So now these rules have changed, things are altered, so that even I'm just thinking, and this is very real world, and this <laughs> this is very far-fetched. But like the people who had, let's say, bad credit or or terrible. Um, financial situations who blipped away for five years and came back and it got exponentially worse than it was before right <laughs> so with all that in mind, taking it to the the villain I so the villains we have are the flag smashers they are people who when the five years were were um, the five- year blip happened, they found that the world was a better place and they want that back, a world without borders. And when I first heard that, I was like, oh, that's silly, whatever, that don't make any sense. But seeing Sam and his sister at the bank and my thoughts going like, "What? how much predatory shit is going on and how much moving of the goalposts is it, especially when this is a honestly, a natural disaster. This is like a flood. It's like a tornado. It's like an earthquake. This is not something that people were able to, um, it's not a man-made thing. It's not like you went to the casino and gabbled up all your money. So thinking of that, I'm like, I don't know the full extent of the Flag Smashers um, ideals or their um, processes. I'm sure we're going to get that more and more, but I was like, okay, I think I get it. The world, we hmm, we didn't get the world for those five years. We got snapshots throughout Infinity War, Endgame, and we got, of course, the grief with Wanda. But like the world at large, I think when Wanda held all those people captive in Westview, that was one of the first glimpses that we got into the civilian lives. These people who have been living these five years and uh, the stress, I just, hmm, an idea. I feel like with that being such a big kind of pivotal point, that five-year gap, should there not be a show? You guys let me know what you think. Should there be some type of show or maybe a quick little web series or something that addresses civilian, not superpower people, just regular Joe Schmoes who are, they were at work one day, they disappeared and they came back, and then like the lives of some of these people, maybe like an anthology show, like a Black Mirror type thing, where it's like, this is the effect that it's had because we're getting on our main character's sure, and that does make sense. But I don't know, the more I think about that, the more my mind is left to wonder. I'm like, I don't know, the Flag Smashers, they might be right. You might have to try to convince me that they're not right because now it feels like things may have probably been better. <laughs> so, um, so that's that. So Sam and his sister, they're selling dinners. Uh, they're doing a lot of black stuff that I remember seeing growing up. A lot of black stuff. Let's see. Uh Marcus says <laughs> that rule change on Sam and Sarah was way too close to home. Yeah. Again, that banking scene was very ah. Oh, um, what's the word? I don't not triggering. It was very, it was intense and it felt familiar. And it was it left me with feelings like uh I don't know how they're going to get out of this. And I'm sure that's where the show wants to leave you, which is like, what happens next? So I'm good on that front, but woo, they did a number. So uh, we end with Sam and Sarah, his sister, at the house. Um, she, He's playing around. On the uh, computer, he's talking to Torres. I believe the guy's name is, and I'm going to leave it there for a second. So, taking a few steps back, we get Torres, who is the guy who is the army dude. He's been the one in contact with Sam. He's the one who I'm so suspicious. Every new person that pops up, I'm like, oh, they evil, right? Oh, he 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 finna fuck it up. He finna do something wrong, and I'm like, man, relax. He could just be a regular guy. <laughs> He doesn't have to be a secret villain. So Torres is kind of like, kind of the Robin to Falcon's Batman. He's the civilian guy. He's the army dude. He's the one with a little bit of uh, boots on the ground. Now, what made me initially think that he was evil or had ulterior motives is when Sam and him were sitting at a table after the big rescue Tunisian terrorist thing. This man pulls out his smartphone and he's like, yeah. Yeah, this is this is that, and so I was like, man, something is suspicious. Like, why are you? I felt like they were talking too loud. Like, if you are an Avenger and this is like a secret mission and we're in this other country, they was like, yeah, man, you killed them dudes, man. Remember you, Falcon, Falcon the Avenger, the Black Guy. It felt like they were extremely loud. But I said, okay, maybe that's me. Maybe I'm projected. I'm too suspicious. Uh, but with the cell phone, we realized that Torres was looking for. Kind of like a holographic imprint, like the um, those of you who have played Pokemon Go or anything like that, where you see, or Snapchat, you see the little icon where there's this hand with a circle in it, and uh, that's the laugh, laugh group, laugh, terrorists, laugh, flag smash. That's that's all them. So, his story is you know, he needs to, he's instructed by Sam to just look into it. It's not a big deal right now, but if you find something, let me know and we can deal with it. Uh, homeboy gets hooked up. Homeboy Torres is hooked up with the group, the hand group, whatever. And he does a meetup at this town square kind of sort of space. And he runs into a guy. You see everyone in this scene are on their phones. They're looking at their phones. They're walking around. And he uh, bumps into a guy. He's like, hey, you know where we're supposed to be. Explosion, fights, guns, folks hop out. Um, before that, a lady uh, bent down with a duffel bag and handed out a bunch of masks, black masks with a red handprint on it. He takes one. Chaos ensues. This guy jumps out with this big old two duffel bags full of money. It's money because another uh, police officer like, oh, he got the money. Another good, well done scene, intense. Uh, stuff is moving around now. Torres annoyed me a bit in that scene, but I think my annoyance came from how maybe they had to shoot the scene because he, um, he sees a police officer run up to the dude who, who took the duffel bags. This man, i say the guy is probably like 6'4, six, 6'5. Six, he looks solid, he looks, like, he looks like a big dude. This man. <laughs> <laughs> Damn near did a rowhouse kick to this officer's head, threw him back against the metal pole, knocked him out cold. Now, for me, police officer, army or what? I feel like if I've gone into a group of people and we all are sympathizers of this terrorist group. And I see this terrorist jump out. i use that loosely because, you know, we'll see what their ideals actually are. But we see this terrorist guy jump out with his duffel bags Mm -hmm. and we see him punt this officer through, through a wall. And I by myself, I mean, I get following protocol and I get trying to get intel, but ain't no way I'm going up against you. You already think I'm an ally. I need to get as close to you as possible. So Torres pulls out his gun. He's pointing at the dude. He's like, "Man, I can't. I can't let you go. I got to take you in." Mm. He gets his ass beat and his head stumped in. I honestly thought this man was dead. I, I mean, watching that scene, I was like, "Oh, he's we really because Sam has killed like four people in the first, you know, in the opening, the first scene." So I'm, I'm thinking this man is about to, is dead. So then we pick up with the sam sarah that i said we're gonna put a pin in that we pick up with that but from um the point of view he's like man he took the money this is what they did he pretty much gave sam a rundown of what happened stop there so let's go on to bucky buck buck bucky okay this let's, let's do this let me show you bucky <laughs> <laughs> I know, you have been through a lot. You have no history. No family. So, Mr. Barnes, are you still having nightmares? No. We've been doing this long enough that I can tell when you're lying. James, people really do wanna help you. You've got to maintain friendships. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so Bucky, we introduced to him where he's killing. You got some folks in this big palace hotel, whatever. Looks like maybe government officials. They're like, hey, you know, come out. The, let's have drinks. Happy hour. One dude's like, no, nah, I got to go do some reports. He walks off. Bucky comes in. As the, those of you watching live, you can see he snatched this man up whoop everybody ass, the scene ends with him pointing a gun at this Asian guy. And I like the way they shot that scene in particular because Bucky busts through a wall. Um, he's killing one guy, one henchman, bad guy, guy in a suit, whatever. And faded in the background, you can see this Asian guy who we, we just focused on who said he's not going for drinks. Which like, I bet he wish he went for them drinks. Now he is there out of focus Bucky kills this man. Turns to the Asian dude who is like about to piss his pants, trying to put his key into this door. Bucky pulls out his well, Winter Soldier. Excuse me, pulls out his gun, aims it at this man, and ends his life. In my head, I'm thinking, okay, we saw him in Wakanda. This what is what's going on? <laughs> so he wakes up from a dream. You know, it was all a dream. I used to be bucky i don't know so he wakes up from a dream uh and he's talking to his therapist or his yeah his therapist and i don't like this lady (laughs) i have no reason not to like her she is rather abrupt with bucky and she's letting him know like look man i can't help you and i'm not gonna sit here and deal with your lying you had a nightmare i've been talking to you long enough what's up with that he's not a hundred percent truthful um he's going through like maybe a twelve step program where you like gotta forgive people you heard and all this other stuff. And we speak about one woman in particular, and I wonder if she's going to come back and be a major um character in the episode in the season or not. but pretty much she said when I was winter soldier, I helped this woman. I helped put her into a position of power. I helped her hurt people. and now that I'm reformed, she's still, hurting people off of the actions that i took as the winter soldier and i really like that about bookie's characters that all the stuff that he's done when he was brainwashed and then having to come out on the other side and having to deal with that actions that were his but weren't wholly his like with him being brainwashed if we're going with that You, of course, were doing these things, killing these people, acting a fool, but it's not. like It's it's like having amnesia and then getting your mind back and it's like, oh, I did that? So all the stuff he did when he was (laughs) drunk, he got an answer for now. And I do like that because I think there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of ways that this show can go. There is... There's a lot of different turns that we can take, and I think Sebastian is doing a really good job at making us feel that well me at least that he don't want to deal with this shit he don't want to talk to this therapist he's not trying to just ain't nothing for him you know he's not trying to do this and she's stressing like you need to have friends now i'll tell you why i think she's a villain or a spy or something she says, let me see your phone. I was like, are you going to give her your phone? So he has his phone over, and she goes through it, and she's like, oh, this is the click and do stuff. I think it's a flip phone. Now, while she's doing that, she's like, you haven't even... She said, I'm the only person you've talked to, like, in a month or something. And she's like, you ain't even returned Sam's text. I feel like the show wants us to... And I know I just said I wasn't going to get into Easter eggs uh, <laughs> or or yeah, speculation, but... I feel like because the show had us look at her go through his phone and she said one thing, because Bucky is a spy, winter soldier, all that espionage shit, I feel like she did something to his phone, or she either tapped it, or she put something in it. I feel like some kind of way that's going to come back. Now, I could be wrong, but if I'm right, I'm going to be loud about it. If I'm wrong, I ain't going to say shit. So don't don't remind me. That's disrespectful. <laughs> so they have the talk and he talks about the woman that he uh about how he approached her and i do like him telling the truth but not telling the complete truth to this therapist and uh, i'll show you what i mean in this this clip here of course i completed a rule number three i'm no longer the winner soldier i'm james bucky barnes and-, and you're part of my efforts to make amends So this, that quick little scene, I thought it was longer than that. So what happens is Bucky uh, puts a device onto this lady's car, who we I was mentioning earlier, where she's having a heated conversation with somebody who's probably a goon or a henchman. And she's like, oh, you know, if so-and-so don't comply, end him permanently, this and that. So they're hyping up her being this terrible person that Bucky has helped create. And while he's talking to the therapist, she's like, you know, did you go over the three rules? You know, do this, do that. And the last one, you know, uh, don't hurt people and forgive them or whatever else. While he's telling her this story, we're seeing him controlling her car, making it move back and forth in parking spots, almost about to crash into a wall, like scaring the shit out of this lady just to bend down into her car and be like, hey, my name is Bucky Barnes. I'm no longer the Winter Soldier. I, I forgive you, whatever the hell he said. But it's like, okay, is this where we're getting with Bucky? We're getting these half-truths, and why? You know, if why are you so um hesitant to be truthful with this therapist? Like, I don't like her, but I'm not her, her patient, you know. I don't have to like her. Why don't you seem to care for what she's doing, Bucky? And um, she says something like, He was like, Yeah, I'm nine, um, I'm 106 years old, I've been fighting for 90 years, this and that. And she's like, Well, what do you want? You know, you're giving a, a second a second chance. You have people who want you to do well. You know, you don't got to fight no more. This and that. He was like, "Yeah, I just want peace." And she's like, "Bullshit," <laughs> which I wasn't expecting that. Uh, but I do like this focus on you have to have friends. So that sets the scene. We get Bucky again, walking. Oh, actually, we get this um this young I don't want to say black, maybe person of color. This young guy, uh, unique or unique. it's like Monique with a U because I'm unique something. And he's arguing with this older man because he's putting his trash in his trash can. Dude's like, man, don't do that. They going back and forth. Bucky shows up. He's like, Yuri, what's wrong? Wow, why are we supposed to go out to have dinner? Why are you arguing with this boy? Fun little scene. When I first saw Yuri, who's an older Asian man, he's, I'm not going to put an age on it, but he's like grandpa age. Now, the reason why I highlight his age a bit is because my initial thought was that bucky lied to the therapist he does have a friend and this guy because of his age knew bucky way back in the day you know bucky being 106 we got people in real life who lived to 101 plus 123 and all that so i was like okay maybe this is bucky's friend from back in the day they're doing a little bit of retcon or maybe he reached out when he when the mind control stuff failed um you know, so maybe he reached out to a friend, and this is a big plot point. So him and the old guy, unique, they unique Yuri, they go out to eat, uh, talk about whatever. There's a, a pretty young Asian lady who is the uh, waitress or bartender, and, <laughs> and Yuri says something like, "She's pretty." He's like, oh, "Okay, yeah." He's like, "You should ask her out." And so, <laughs> Winter Soldier doesn't. Bucky does it, And so the Yuri asks her out for him. And she's like, yeah, he thinks you're cute. Go out on a date, whatever. She's like, meet me back here at 10. So that sets the stage. Yuri says to Bucky, not verbatim, but he says, hey, you know, I miss my son. My son liked this. Whatever it was they were eating, whatever dish there was, my son liked this. And he's like, I just, the, the government say that you know, it's it's a closed case. They don't know what happened. And then, of course, I might be a little slower, so don't judge me. But it clicked like, oh, you're the father of the guy who the Winter Soldier killed early on in the episode. And I fell for Bucky. I was like, man, again, like it's one thing to, let's say, get drunk, cuss out your friends, maybe throw up, do something embarrassing, and then have to deal with that later. But it's a whole nother thing to have murdered a ton of people. But even with that, what type of... Is this some type of self, um, not harm, self reprimanding that you've befriended this man's father after you didn't killed him? Or is it this man is on your list? And so I believe Yuri's name is on Bucky's list. Uh, so Bucky goes on the date. He meets the young lady back at her bar. They talk. And I was suspicious of her. I was like, no, she's, she's a spy too. I'm not a fan. But she would just ask him regular date questions. Have any siblings, you know, I'm glad that you're friends with Yuri. You know, it's hard after his son died and blah, 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 this, is this, this and that. And it was a really good, sweet scene after I reprogrammed my brain <laughs> from thinking everyone was a villain. Everyone's a secret. Now, I'm still holding out hope that I might be right. Maybe this girl is a, a villain. But honestly, you know, it was a it was a nice scene. Bucky gets up and walks out. The stress and the pressure is too much for him. He goes back to Yuri's house. When he does that, I'm thinking he about to tell him, like, hey, I'm sorry. It was me. I'm the reason your son isn't alive. But he has some cash. He's like, I told you I would have paid for dinner or whatever. And uh, where do we go from here? Like, is he going to ultimately tell this man, hey, I killed your son? And then what is the response going to be? You know, um, they've sucked me in. Like I am honestly here for this uh, Bucky story. I'm a little bit more excited than I initially thought I would be. I want uh, I want to know what happens. I want to see how Bucky and uh, Sam get together. But this this little storyline in particular, I'm very invested in because I feel like on one end you get the action-packed, high-energy um, drama that is Falcon, but then on the opposite end you get this quiet, sad. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type story with Bucky. And I've never been a fan of his. I ha- it's not that I don't like the character. I just never was invested in him. Even throughout the whole MCU run, first couple phases, I you know he was there. Um, I didn't care for him. Now, I want to know what happens. And it's more than likely just by nature of being able to tell a long form story and put in details and Easter eggs and give these people the shine that they deserve as excuse me as main characters so i'm with that y'all let me know because i feel like i'm just the mcu has got a hold on me damn it disney plus so let's pick up at the end where we have sam and sarah she comes into the living room and she's like hey you gotta look at this she turns on the tv And there is an older white man, and I'm not sure if he's maybe the mayor of New York. I don't know who this man is supposed to be. If you guys know, let me know. He's giving a speech about, you know, icons and legends and statements and stars. (laughs) No, he's talking about how, you know, the world has, there are heroes. Some can be bad, some can be good. The world has heroes, but with Captain America gone, America needs a hero. And this is one of those scenes, much like the one with, um, uh, Rody and Sam in the museum, that felt very much like heavy-handed. Like, uh, I mean, I, I, it felt like The Boys. Um, spoiler for The Boys, those of you who've seen it, where it was very much every country having their own heroes and how dark and gritty that was and how the, the racial racism element came into play. Like, it felt borderline that. He says, and now we have our own, our introduction to the new Captain America. This, the way that scene was shot, again, beautiful. We get Sam's reactions, and it really, to me, read like a comic book page. It felt like the last of a comic, the last, last page in a comic book. The way we never, we didn't get to see Captain America's face until the very end. And I'm going to tell you like this. That man looks like the old guy from up. I don't know if they did something or the way the hat fits, but he 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 does not look he I'll say he looks very different from Chris. He looks very different from Steve Rogers. And my initial reaction was like, uh, oh, who the hell is this? But I do like this idea that we are getting another Captain America, but someone who looks so vastly different from Chris that there's no mistaking who this is. Now, my issue come in with my initial concern. Are you giving up this shield because you don't want to? Are you giving up because of outside pressures from like the government and different um, agencies who want control of it or is it a combination of both because if now we have us a new captain america why was it not falcon why didn't you step into that role? why did they take that shield back then because if that's the case you should have kept that shield and they should have got their own shield that's just me (laughs) so clearly i'm upset behind it um it was an interesting ending interesting ending that cliffhanger was good, but it's not the thing that's making me want to watch the second episode. The thing that's making me want to watch the second episode is the episode itself. Again, specifically that Bucky redemption arc he's going on and Sam and his family. I know we're going to get the action. I know we're going to get the Flag Smashers whooping ass. There's that train fight that I saw uh, that we all saw in the previews. I'm ready for that. But all in all, it was the episode itself that makes me want to keep watching. It wasn't that cliffhanger though. I am interested to see what does a captain America, this new captain America uh, look like? How does he perform? How does he act? Um, is he the U S agent, you know, or is he actual captain America proper? Is he just some strong man, like a physically fit man, or does he have super soldier serum in him? Is he experimented on? Cause My idea is with the five years that everyone was gone, there had to have been people working to bring folks back or compensate for the loss of population, deal with um, scientific advances, technological advances, like this new Captain America, what is he? You know, is he just a man whose intentions are good? Oh, Lord, please don't let him be misunderstood. (laughs) So, yeah, that's what I'm interested in. Let me know what you guys think. FW Pie, are you guys interested in this cap? Do you Could you take him or leave him? Has Bucky's story grabbed at your heartstrings and, and pulled on your tear ducts? Or are you like, fuck it, he's a murderer because he's killed a lot. Uh, and then what about Sam? How do we feel about Sam's um, storyline? I would like to hear from people specifically from Louisiana, New Orleans, because I want to see how well does this show capture that 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 space like are they like oh right on he you know he did it from the bank to the boats to the houses and all that like did they do a good job i'm not a louisiana native i wouldn't know um let's see i'm gonna look at a few comments here before we wrap it on up uh let's see so we have baron zemo had joined us so shout out to you he says hey hello and uh can't wait to see bucky again and yeah that's how i feel i'm interested in bucky more than I ever have been since he first appeared in the MCU. Uh, let's see, we got hail the flag smashers. I think I might be in the flag smasher camp at this point, you know, because I feel like everything we were presented with. I don't know, y'all. Drag me if you need to, but I'm gonna give it to episode two, three, or four before I like be down for the cause. But it feel like they they know what they're doing. They they might have a little bit of a little bit of something john says uh this asian man is being aggressive to unique i don't like that <laughs> and that was another thing like i'm like older people you know and it's when they tv and in real life when they're at a certain age or depicted as being a certain age they're gonna stay and do what they want <laughs> and uh yuri was not having that you put your trash in your trash can i don't yeah that ain't that ain't that ain't I don't like that. <laughs> John also says, stop Asian hate, though. No, honestly, this, uh, we are in a very interesting time. Um, there has been, and I'm not equipped, I haven't prepared any type of message, uh, but to discuss the Asian um, discrimination and racial racially charged violence that has been going on, it, it's unfortunate. Stop it, of course. Um, and I'll say that and I'll leave that there because I'm uh, with that as the backdrop of like our real world reality, this episode was kind of, I'll leave it there. Um, uh, Marcus is here for it. I can't remember what that was in reference to, but I'm here for it as well. This has been a very interesting, interesting episode. And this was literally my thought. Oh, sorry, Marcus. I don't remember what I said when you commented this. But yeah, y'all, this has been an interesting ride for me. I said I was only going to do the first episode, see how I felt, then probably come back and review one or two others. I don't know. I might do a whole six episodes. Let's say I'm coming back for episode two. Let's say that. Um, Let's say that. I'll keep everybody updated. With that being said, please follow me uh, right there. Twitter, carefree blurred is the handle. Carefree blurred is the handle. Carefree Black Nerd, everywhere else, every everywhere, everywhere else. Uh, carefree Black Nerd and Carefree at gmail.com. If you do have any questions, comments, concerns, maybe a little bit more long form uh, comment and you don't want to put it on social media. I completely understand. You feel free to email me there and uh, we can keep the discussion off of um off of social media. And thanks, y'all, for, for tuning in. This has been interesting. Um, I'm at, very, at the very least, I'm watching episode two to see what happens next. So remember, guys, use that hashtag FWPod when you're listening to this podcast, when you're watching it on a replay, uh, put it in the comments. Let me know that you're listening. Make this a conversation. And I do have a link to the um, Carefree Black Nerd Falcon History 101. And, um, yeah, that's it. So until next time, everyone, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky. Enjoy the rest of your week and, you know, meet me back here for episode two. All right. We need new heroes. ones suited for the times we're in. Courageous. Righteous. The best in all of us. The danger with superheroes, they become icons, wars are fought, movements are formed. People need something to get behind, and we're going to do it our own way. Not until symbols are dead and replaced. You okay? She will escalate, and will not stop. The only power I have is that I believe we can do better.